This call is being recorded. Hi, y'all. Five Star Final. Joe Sam Jones, Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is over there. Say hey, Joe. Hi. Woo. Um, it's been it's been a weekend and a half. Good it man. has been it's a been, long week. Um, good. There's good news though, <laughs> in that Atlanta United uh, goes into a very long international break. Uh, unless you're counting the Open Cup, which like please don't count the, the Open Cup. Unless you just are a really big fan of facing off against the Charleston Battery, which you might be at this point. It's happened four times, so. Yeah, but besides that, awesome. long break. Uh, but two straight wins over the week. Uh, three nothing, two nothing. That's 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 pretty good. That's pretty good. They got eighteen points out of out of their last. Uh, I can't do math. Six, eight, eight games mm. uh, over like a twenty-seven day period. Um, that's pretty damn good. They are uh, a point behind DC United at the top of the Eastern Conference table with a couple games in hand. And uh, amazingly, it looks like it's going to be after everything, after all the, the, the rough start and everything like that. It looks like it's once again going to come down to Atlanta United and New York Red Bulls at the top of Eastern Conference, um, which is even bigger this year. So, fun. Yeah. Yay. Prob- yeah, probably towards the end of the season. I think you're right. But, you know, for me right now, like what I'm most happy about is that I'm left and I think we're all left with a little bit of sanity um, based on yeah. the way that the team has played in these last two games. It's looked better. You know, it's looked more like I think what we are familiar with, or at least, at least you can see the, the attack starting to give a little bit more output. Um, so that, that, that will help put us all to bed tonight. Yeah. Even if it was, I, did we didn't do a show for Wednesday? Did we, we didn't do, a no, Wednesday we didn't. United show. Okay. You weren't there. Uh, you covered it from home. That's right. Was there was Sydney That's Hunt. right because I'm yeah. poor. Um, yeah, no, the, the Wednesday one was like it was a well packaged. Uh, I, I'm trying not. To you were not happy with that win. You you I were was, not impressed. I was not impressed much at all. Uh, that being said, uh, Minnesota United does play five in the back. They they play about a million defenders. They've got three people marking Joseph at one time. Yeah, uh, and, and it took a second for the goals to come, um, but fortunately, Saturday looks a lot more fluid. Elaine uh, and I looks a lot more up for it, and Joseph grabs his, his second straight break. Um, I'm not sure how much of that is Atlanta just being better on Saturday, which I think they were, and how much Chicago just decided to be a little more open and not really man mark Joseph out of the game, uh, which yeah. I think is also true. I think both things can be true. Oh, I, think, I think Atlanta was better, and I think Chicago was more open, but you know that they they couldn't really do anything against uh, against the five stripes there. Well, I, I think what Chicago's openness just created for you know a more open game, and I think that that's aesthetically that's what was kind of pleasing about it for us. I think was that you know we got to see the team in transition a lot more, not just on the goals, but just in general throughout the game. We saw them kind yeah. of you know running and and being that like fast dynamic team. Um, that you can really only be when you're playing a team that will come out and play you like that. You know, like you just can't really show those characteristics when you're playing against a team that's sitting as deep as like a team like Minnesota did. You know, it was was striking to me talking to one of their defenders after the game um, because I was covering for a Minnesota outlet is that, you know, he said that they went three in the back so that they had, you know, basically a guy marking him and then they had two guys on either side in the channels where he likes to run into. And, you know, it just shows how, 
much they were committed to just stopping him and making someone else beat them. And, you know, that's been a, a strategy that kind of worked more so at the beginning of the season. I think the team is kind of coming around on the other side of that. But, yeah, sometimes it's not the prettiest still. Um, but, I, again, I think that, you know, the team is still settling in. We're finally starting to see something. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of a great leap forward this was, um, but it, there is something to be said about this team. Especially there's just something to be said about Joseph getting in a rhythm. Um, on top of that, I think that uh, yesterday we saw Petey have his best game, uh, both in attack and more importantly, I think, getting back and yeah. making a few things happen defensively. It was a very all-around game from him. The giveaways are there. But I think Petey has a bit of Yamil aside in him. Because this was the knock on Yamil. Am I right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering yeah. this right. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, it's so funny. Everyone pictures of Yamil as the perfect player, but he definitely wasn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were people who outright hated Yamil. Oh, time, yeah. yeah. You know, because he gave the ball away a lot. But, yeah. but what we said then is what I will say now that you have to have um, people taking chances with through balls and everything like that. The, the return rate hasn't been high enough for PD this season so far, but I think we can be encouraged by what we saw Saturday. And if he can start to really figure a few of those out and place mm-hmm. uh, one or two a game where, I mean, you're playing Joseph in uh, for one of the easiest finishes of his career, then, yeah. you know, that's going to be uh, a huge, huge part of this team going forward. So I, um, I think, I think something else that was kind of discovered by Frank DeBoer, whether intentionally or unintentionally over these couple of games was the little tactical switch he made to move Julian Gressel inside and play PT Mm -hmm. on the right wing. And I thought that, you know, he's actually said some really cool stuff about it. I think so. He talked about, you know, the problem with playing Julian on the right wing is that he needs someone to like play him in. He's not going to be going, taking somebody on -on one-on-one or getting past somebody down the byline with his speed. He needs someone, he needs basically the play to kind of be set up for him um, to get that space on the right wing to create. And I think, you know, Tata Martino's team did an excellent job of that. Um, But, you know, it's still, he doesn't, he doesn't have that ability to kind of create for himself where centrally he is a more mobile player and he will be the ones to make those runs in behind the defensive line, along with Joseph uh, to kind of, to, to, take some of that burden off of Joseph. You know, it, it's something that's kind of been a problem all year is those, those runs beyond the, uh, beyond the striker, beyond the, through the defensive line. And I think that Gressel, when he's playing in a central area, can provide those. Yeah. <laughs> and he's shown himself to be pretty good technically too. Um, but I, I but I, I, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that gets, it's working so well right now. It'll be interesting to see how that gets shaken up uh, with the integration of, Barco back into the team whenever that happens. I think it'll happen at like the end of June, mm-hmm. which I think is LA United's next home game in the league. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, you you kind of wonder what they'll do there with that. Um, whether uh, I'm assuming Gressel goes back out wide, but do you do you invert Gressel or do you invert PD? Or, I don't. Or, or do you? What do you do? Who knows? I don't. I don't know. I, I think Frank DeBoer likes him as a central midfielder right now. Whether it's like a, a number ten type, what, what what he's been doing, or maybe he could play in a deeper role later in the season. But sure, I don't like. He's not a player that is. I cannot just see him being removed from the lineup. Like I think Frank DeBoer trusts right him. Now. I think he yeah. trusts him like as much as any player in the team. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And he should because Kressel continue I, for. 
the eye test, I guess, Gressel is a person who will probably never really pass it, but the output he puts out, <laughs> the output he puts out, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> but for the, the numbers he puts up, um, you know, it's just something you can't remove. Um, it, Gressel's talked in the past, and Doug Roberson of the AJC mentioned this too, about the game being fast for him at times in the middle. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, it, I never really notice it when he's in the middle. Like Chris McCann, that was our knock on him all the time, right? Was right. anytime he went centrally, that it was very clear that um, he needed to be near the touchline and, and having a lot of space. This may have been Felipe, actually, who said this. I, I don't know. Um, but Yeah, I think it was Felipe. Yeah, it was Felipe. Sorry, Felipe. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, Gressel. It never seems like it's too fast for him. You know? Well, so, I think I think he's just a much better player now. Like I think it was, you know, the, I think there sure. probably was a, a a period of time where he had to kind of adapt to that position because in college he played kind of a lot up top. I think kind of as like a target man almost. I mean, he kind of played everywhere. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it did take some adapting. The fun, the fortunate thing for him was that. Um, even when he was poor on the ball, which he, I think he was, you know, quite often when he played in those central areas, he was never an overall like detriment to the team because he all he's always had like those like quick reactions and be, able, ability to read the play where he can you know assert himself defensively. So I always feel like that kind of gave him a baseline of of you know what he provided to the team, what what output he put out. Some might say. So. Sam, my head's spinning, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's just. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about. So let's talk about something else. Let's talk about what I thought was the most interesting part of Saturday night, which was what Frank DeBoer said after the press conference about oh, wanting can to I quote, sign can a player. I, can I read this quote? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's it. That's the whole quote. Damn. That's the whole quote is, is yeah, yeah. It was so weird. It was so it was so striking in its bluntness. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone laughed when he said it. I I was um, spaced out like I have been all weekend. Um, you were in rough shape. Yeah, I was struggling yesterday, but um, you know, it was, I like looked up at my phone and started laughing, and it was a it was yeah. a, a quality moment with Frank there. Like um, even he started laughing. Like. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you've talked about it before about how personal he is, just kind of outside of the the press conference. Oh, setup. I have a story um, to tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to see him, just you know, Tata would have said something to the effect of, um, you know, he would have winked after he said something. Mm-hmm. To the yes, of, he definitely would have done the wink. Wait and see. Wink. Um, mm-hmm. But Frank just said, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> this is efficient man that that european efficiency you know just no beating around (laughs) the bush um so i have to can i can i tell my story yeah absolutely that's what this whole podcast is for is for us to tell our stories that's right (laughs) so it was really funny um there was one day of media between these two games it was on friday and uh we were there and so normally what happens is we get there at the beginning of practice or before practice starts. And then when the guys kind of go out to do their first drills of the day, they bring us out for what's called B-roll, which is if you're not, you know, familiar with this kind of stuff, it's basically when the new, the um, TV cameras go set up or anyone who wants to film gets set up and just like films, it's like time to film 
so they can show it on the nightly news or whatever. And um, but the print journalists are allowed to just like still go up and, you know, they're not like barred just because they don't have cameras. So we just go up there and watch. And so normally when that happens, we get like 10 minutes. We come back down to the media center, which is in that pavilion. If you've ever been to the training ground um, and then it's like they have their whole practice and then the guys come down afterwards uh, and talk to us in the pavilion. And so normally there's like an hour between when you get back down uh to work and then when they actually come, but for whatever on Friday, since, you know, these games are coming so thick and fast, there's just no training time. So um, after B roll, we went down and we didn't realize this, but like they were Frank to was like 60 seconds behind us, uh, which was weird. Like that's never happened before, <laughs> but um, none of us knew that. And one of the, one of the other media members who shall not be named, um, I'll spare him. He, he's a TV guy. So I don't think anyone really would know who he is. Um, went to the bathroom and Frank DeBoer comes in and we're just like waiting for him to come out of the bathroom. Um, some time starts to, you know, the clock keeps ticking. Justin starts getting anxious. He calls the guy's cell phone. The guy's cell phone is sitting on the table inside the pavilion right next to us. The bathroom is like outside. You have to go around a corner. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it just became awkward and it was an awkward waiting game. So uh, Frank, Frank just like took a seat at one of the tables in the pavilion and we started talking about, the under 20 world cup. And like at one point, Frank, when we were talking about the guy in the bathroom, Frank was like special delivery. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was cool. It was, it was, it was cool. Just not be in that setting. And then it was pretty funny. Like as soon as the press conference starts, you can kind of see the intensity kind of go back up to answer the questions. Yeah, but that was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, it fun, 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 we got yeah. to tell him how we all stopped our press conference to watch uh, Ezekiel take a free kick the other day. Beautiful. Bu- why why are we telling this story? Well, oh, so he, but he said that um, we're going to sign a player, which is cool. Yeah. So, but we should probably talk about it. Where? I don't know <laughs> who, <laughs> how. I, oh, I know how. So. I cleared two international spots with Julia Gressel and Gordon Wilde, but yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I don't think this has kind of been probably discussed enough, but it's still, still early, of course. Um, so Anderson Asiedu, his, his roster spot spot is now vacated. So that's what basically opens up a space to sign somebody, but his slot is only basically open for a player that would make like near the league minimum or as a homegrown player. So I think it's probably most likely that, there's an Atlanta United two player giving a given a first team contract. That's what I want to. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, that, that's what I'm thinking. That, but that stands I, out enough to. Yeah, there's some names. Um, George Campbell is a guy who has a uh, scholarship to go to Wake Forest. I want to say, but don't quote me on that. Uh, he's been a standout uh, this year for this is, uh, for this the is your twos. Boy, right? This is your dude. This is uh, the destroyer middle of the field. Am I right? No, 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 no. This no, is well. He's okay. a center back. Um, I don't know. I don't know who that would be that you're mentioning. Anyway, um, who knows? he's a center back. You know, he could be wooed by a professional contract. Um, and then you also have two guys who are playing in the U20 World Cup uh, who just finished. Uh, one of them is Wesley Dekas. He's a Honduran center back. And um, they got crushed in the U20s, by the way. They, in three games, they gave up 19 goals. Oh, yeah. This is the the team that lost. And he was the center back captain. They gave up. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he was the captain of that team. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. tough, tough break there. Um, but the one I'm really interested in, maybe this is who you're talking about, uh, Guillermo Benitez, who's a left back from Panama. Uh, I think Atlanta United to just signed him this past offseason, but he was in the U20s and his team didn't get crushed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they advanced, but um, you know, they only lost like France two to nothing. So I actually want to go back and watch that game to see how he performed there. Cause I did look and he started um, and played 90 minutes in every, all the three games. So um, I think he's one, especially if, you know, we've been talking about a lot of people have been talking about how Atlanta United needs a left back, which I don't know if I quite agree with, but I could see it. I understand the rationale and I don't like, you know, I don't deny that it's like something they could add to, but um, yeah, I think that's what you're looking at. But so I, I, but I think that Frank DeBoer, when he said he wants to add a player, I don't even think, even though Anderson Asiedu was referenced in the question, I don't think that's what Frank DeBoer was thinking about. I think he is thinking about another transfer. But that's kind yeah. of just more speculation on my part. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I just, I just like how it came off to not me. the system already. I'm, I, I always feel like these things surprise us. It's gonna be some, some random human we've never, ever, ever heard of, and then everyone will act like they have opinions on once they announce them. Um, but we'll see. Don't you we'll think? See. Don't you think if that, when Doug asked that question, if he was only thinking about bringing, calling up a, you know, an Atlanta United two player. That he would have just said it. I feel like he would have just hinted at it. He wouldn't have he been so like. It, yeah. I, I feel he I mean, wouldn't have been like no no more it, no like, more. He like he refused to answer any follow ups about it. So right. I think he has someone else in mind. Yeah, I mean the reason you wouldn't bring it up is because it's not quite done yet. You still have yeah. things to work out and everything. And you, but you know if you were just going to pull someone up, yeah, which you can do to an extent anyway. You know, with uh, you can do it about three times before it stops working. So I guess you do have to just sign them on a professional contract, but um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be someone weird. We're, we're going to have no idea until it happens. There, should we broach the Emil Assad territory? No, because that's, that's the most crackpot like info wars <laughs> theory you've ever come up with. It is. <laughs> I love he it. He makes all it. the sense in the world. <laughs> Where's the money coming from, Joe? Where's the money? Well, sell Tito. Oh. <laughs> that, this, uh, this is the grand scheme. Interesting. I'm only half, I'm, uh, I'm actually not half joking at all. I'm completely serious. Because don't you think that, you know, Fra- Tito's a player that Frank DeBoer would be kind of willing to get rid of, especially with Dion Pereira having kind of done so well? Not that Dion Pereira would come in to replace Vialba, but I think that, you know, he ha- he feels like he has some depth there where he can make a move and try to bring in someone who's more his style of player because I feel like he's never kind of expressed that he's the kind of player that he likes in the in that role. Yeah, if you if you were asking me which which person makes his team better, I think it is it's clearly Emil. Like you're right. I don't think it'll ever happen in a million years. And if yeah. it does happen, um, you deserve all the credit in the world. We will we will post no, the soundbite to every corner of the Atlanta United <laughs> internet. Uh, and be like, look at this genius human. Uh, follow him at, at J. Patrick 200. Because uh, <laughs> all that matters in life is followers and likes, Joe Patrick oh, yeah. 200. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the, the team would be, definitely be better, which you're not wrong about. But again, it's going to be something we've never heard of. So. There's also, you know, Darren Neal's, he's just, you know, if he knows the people want something, 
This that's the kind of crazy thing he would do. I love it. Why not? Why not, man? No, um, it, it, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's more of a crackpot theory. But I don't. But I do think that it's you, the part about Tito. I think is uh, legitimate. I, I I would stick to that. It would free up Tam, I believe, because I I believe they pay quite a bit to pay him down. I think his value, you know, his contract's got to be coming up soon. So your window to sell him and get value back for him is probably closing. Yeah. And I doubt you're going to be able to sell him for more than we actually paid for him in the first place. You know, I think, I think the market may, I think the global market has changed enough where they may be able to pawn him off to like a, like a, like a La Liga team or a Serie A team or something for 5 million. Cause I think they bought him for like two and change or three and change. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. No, they need yeah, to make a profit on him on selling him so that they get the if you know if you sell him for X amount more than you know if you get up to like six hundred fifty thousand dollars of allocation money back or something. Joe so would be posting a uh, five hour YouTube video about this uh, with with stock music in the background, uh, and it will all relate back to lizard people being in charge of the government. Um, so t- stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. It's gonna be great going to be great. Definitely going to happen there, bud. Definitely going to happen. Uh, anything else? Anything else? I'm shot. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's it. Um, we'll probably... I, we don't have a schedule or anything for if we're going to record again, but we will definitely do something like before, <laughs> before the next game, I would think. The, the five-strike five final motto, we will definitely do something. <laughs> something. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but yeah, something. Something will happen. I agree. It'll be a surprise. That's what we have planned. A surprise. I love it. I love it. All right. Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get out of here. All right. All right. Bye, y'all. See ya.